Welcome to Begin Where You Are, a podcast from Covenant Presbyterian Church focused on discipleship. My name is John Wasson. I serve as one of the pastors here. Begin Where You Are is really the answer to a question that I get asked a lot. We are all searching for concrete ways to live out our faith, and sometimes it's not always clear where we should begin. So this podcast is an invitation, or maybe even permission, to begin where you are, believing that Christ meets us wherever we are and calls us to follow him. And hopefully we can provide some resources and some practices that are useful to you. Our first series will focus on the Bible. We're preaching through the Bible this summer and exploring all of the many stories of God found within it. And we've provided a roadmap with five different signs to help you navigate your way through the territory of Scripture. You can find the roadmap and more information at covenant.org backslash stories dash of dash God. My guest today is Laura Mendenhall. Laura served as a pastor for many years in Austin, Texas, and then later as the president of Columbia Theological Seminary. I've gotten to know Laura over the last couple of years as she and her husband Chuck worship with us here at Covenant. And every time I sit down with Laura, I learn a lot. So I invited her to have a conversation with me to share some of her wisdom uh, from reading the Bible uh, in the church, leading the church, reading the Bible alongside of the church. So thanks for joining us on the podcast, Laura. I'm really happy to be here. Awesome. Uh, So we, Laura, as you know, we are reading the Bible together this summer, uh, roughly about 12 weeks. We're going to be preaching through it. We're inviting folks to read along with us. Um, And I've kind of started every one of the interviews that we've had um, the same way, which is just asking people whether or not this is a good idea. Uh, So, you know, your first thoughts when when you hear we're reading the Bible in 12 weeks, like the whole thing. Um, Curious to know what your uh, experience is reading the Bible you know, have you ever done it in this short amount of time? Have you ever done it with a congregation? So what's your first, just tell us your first kind of impression. My first uh, impression is a memory. When I was a little girl, um, I'm the oldest of four, and my dad, who was a Sunday school teacher in our local congregation, read the Bible to us every single morning before we went to school. And my friends, the kids in the neighborhood, would wait at our back door for us to finish reading the Bible after breakfast so that we could walk to school. And sometimes my dad just kept reading and reading, and my friends would leave and go to school because they didn't want to be late. And I was tardy (laughs) more than any other person in my class because my dad read the Bible to me. So at some point, uh, mostly I was just fidgety through it. Mm -hmm. And... um, and I remember on vacations, which were always road trips, uh, we would catch up when we got behind because we had a schedule like you have for the congregation now. And we would get behind in the schedule. So we're driving, you know, through the desert to get to Grand Canyon or something, reading the Bible the whole way. So I grew up knowing the Bible was really important to my dad, who was um, the person mm. I wanted to grow up and be like. Mm. And on my best days, I think I'm a little bit like him. On other days, he shouldn't be blamed, but um, he was a man of God, and he read God's Word every single day. And he would go visit people in the hospital, and he would always pick up his Bible, and I would say, what are you doing? And you're going to go teach Sunday school. Nope, I'm going to see somebody in the hospital, and they will want to hear the Bible. Hmm. So I grew up reading the Bible or having it read to me, 
every day and knowing that it was very important for an everyday life. My hmm. dad was not the preacher, but he read the Bible every day, every day. And later on, um, I twice I read the Bible from the beginning to end as a directed study in seminary with a professor, which was wonderful for me. Um, and what I know is it's important to read the whole Bible. To just pick up a verse here and a verse there is a very distorted picture of the whole vision. And so, yeah, that's a lot of reading to do in one summer, but what a great opportunity to see the whole vision and where these stories fit in the larger story of what God has done and is continuing to do today. It's very exciting. Hmm. So I just got back in town late last night. I'm behind. I'm going to catch up. <laughs> so we've we've given a roadmap to everyone. We've you know this is kind of based on Rowan Williams had says has said that the the Bible is the territory in which we expect to hear God speaking to us, which. I love um, just that image of the Bible as kind of this world or territory. And we, we've given a roadmap because we have to navigate this territory. It might be easy to get lost. And so each of our episodes, we're kind of taking on um, the task of discussing one of these, these signposts. We've, we've created five signposts for, for navigating this, this territory. And, and the one that we're at today, uh, the signpost reads, Scripture is not merely informative, but performative. Faithful interpretation of Scripture invites and even assumes participation in the church and should be guided by the rules of faith and love. And I think of all the signposts that we've, we've got, this is probably going to be the most perplexing for people. Uh, I think that they might be wondering, how, how do we perform Scripture? What does that, what does that really mean? So um, I have my own thoughts about this, uh, obviously, but... But I'd love to hear kind of what this sign might mean for you as you read it for the first time. What, what does this evoke for you um, that Scripture might be performative um, within the church? What did, I'd love to just hear your first reaction to that. Well, my first reaction was, that is a, that is a really confusing question. I have no <laughs> idea what you're talking about, John. But um, uh, uh, two thoughts. So one is, and I... I will now, now that I know and understand what, know better and understand the question, I will go back and do some homework on this. But my, my memory is that um, in the Jewish faith, the Torah, which are the first five books, and they're the books of the, the law, that's the law, mm-hmm. that um, the Torah is not thought of as, here are the rules, one, two, three, four, five, be sure you get them all right. Mm-hmm. But the Torah is a way of life. Is I think that's uh, maybe closer to what you're thinking of. Mm-hmm. That um, and I've I've held on to that understanding, even though it may not be actually accurate. That the Bible is not rules. Um, it's not a question and answer. It's not a place you can go um, to look up what Jesus said about um, global warming. I don't <laughs> think that's in Scripture. Though, but, you, though you might be able to, you know, find a theology of of you absolutely can care, right? you absolutely yeah, can that would inform because a, a the Bible is a way of life, right? And uh, Scripture does teach us that we are responsible to care for God's creation, the plants and the animals and each other, right. um, the air and the water. So uh, 
I like that. That's a good. I'm hoping that's close, but yeah. I'd be very interested to know what yeah. you were thinking when you wrote that so, question. So I think um, the image, the metaphor for me is that the Bible is not a textbook. So rule book. Mm-hmm. Bible yes. is not a textbook, but actually like a piece of music mm-hmm. that we together as the church kind of perform. Mm-hmm. Um, it's calling us to do something. It's mm-hmm. inviting us to be a part of, as you say, uh, a way of life. Right. Um, to take our place among the many different people who have walked with God, have been called right. called um, by God. And so, you know, I, I that's kind of what comes to my mind. Yeah. It, and, um, you know, the 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 rules of faith and love are are kind of ways in which we um, we we carry this out or we perform, I guess, this mm-hmm. this text. And what I mean by that is that love is um, kind of the whole thing. <laughs> it's kind of the whole point, right? Like it is. Jesus, when asked what is the greatest commandment, um, responds that we are to love God and, and love mm-hmm. our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Augustine um, wrote pretty early on that, that the whole point of reading the Bible, the whole... Um, aim of reading scripture is so that we might actually love God and love others Mm -hmm. and that any interpretation that we might have needs to be checked by that yes right so any any time we read the scriptures and it doesn't lead us to the love of God and love of neighbor we're reading it wrong yeah we need to recheck that we need to recheck it Mm -hmm. and I've at least found that um I need the context of the church, and the church gets mm-hmm. this wrong too a lot. Mm-hmm. We should say that as well. Of course. But I need the context of the Christian community to help me to know whether or not I am actually loving God and whether mm-hmm. or not I'm, I'm actually loving my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's kind of the, you know, at least in terms of how the rules uh, of faith and love play into this and what do they have to do with performing scripture. I'll also say that the rule of faith is essentially how the church for a long, long time now has... Um, said what it what it believes so not just in the bible but in creeds and in confessions mm-hmm. um, it's a way for us to honor the past and present voices of the christian community of which we are a part um, and to and to listen to their voices to also see how they have embodied mm-hmm. and performed scripture throughout this throughout the ages how they've mm-hmm. done that really well to learn how they you know how they've made mistakes when they didn't, right. when they didn't do well <laughs> Um, so that's kind of, I, I think, what I think when I think of this this being a, a performative thing and not just an informative thing. Mm-hmm. Um, how, I mean, how have you in your ministry, um, what, what are the consequences of us thinking about it just as an informative practice, reading the Bible, just yeah. so I can learn some stuff or... Rather than an invitation into an invitation. a way of life that um, allows us to uh, engage in what God is doing now. Yeah. And that invitation into what God is doing now, which come, that invitation which comes to us through Scripture, mm-hmm. because Scripture tells us what God has done in the past, which then invites us to look for how God is continuing to bring life out of death in the future. Right. Um, That kind of invitation um, is best heard, I think, when we hear it with others. Because I can only hear what I've been taught to hear. Mm -hmm. And I was taught by 
my family a long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. You know, I was taught in another era. It was a long time ago mm. that I was taught how to hear God. And I, uh, I grew up in East Texas. Imagine. So that's a particular way of being taught yeah. to hear. And um, I have lots of friends, but generally my friends are, are a lot like me. They think like I do. Um, they have the same interests and experiences many times that I do. Yeah. So um, I enjoy being um, aware of my need to be checked on that invitation that comes through Scripture to be part of God's way of life. I enjoy being checked by folks who are not exactly like me, who can see and hear things that I can't because of the limitations of my growing up and my teachers and my experiences. So it's really important for me to be able to read scripture in church with other folks and also to read from the past. Those confessions allow me to um, have an understanding what people in a different era heard God saying, because that then informs me mm-hmm. about the invitation into Scripture as a way of life. And people around the world and people who are in different um, geographic areas and cultural, different cultures and um, different economic conditions yeah. to hear what they see and hear God doing and saying, because then the invitation becomes bigger for me and allows me to see in ways that I couldn't, but if I was only depending on myself, right. what God's doing now, so that I can have the privilege of joining in that, which is the most exciting way I know to live. I can't imagine a life more exciting than being engaged in what God is doing, because right. it is so big. And... Um, without other folks, I think I would miss that. Yeah. And I, I like that way of putting it. Um, I think, you know, this still might be a little abstract for people, this idea of performing the scripture. One way I yeah. think about it is is that the church is the place that has received the good news yes. of the kingdom of God, mm-hmm. that by faith believes that God is up to something called the kingdom of God, which mm-hmm. began in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And, and, receive it and and attempt to to continue together to seek it right Jesus tells us to seek the kingdom that's the ver- that's the verb he gives us is to mm-hmm. go looking for it mm-hmm. um, and so the, the church is, is is a community which is looking for the kingdom of God um, and also proclaiming that the kingdom of God is is really here that yes. it's worth looking for because it's really here it is worth looking for and mm-hmm. I, I think um, Especially, it seems like today, it, you know, I feel, I don't know, I feel like everyone in every culture always says, I feel like today in, in the culture, <laughs> this is really, so I hesitate. It's to, the worst it's ever I, been. I hesitate to it's say It's the worst that, it's ever been. But, but it is kind of, it feels like everything is politics right now. Mm-hmm. Everything is politics. Mm-hmm. And obviously, as Christians, we are called to... Um, engage politically where, you know, one yes. of the best ways we can love our neighbor is to vote, probably. Yes. yes. Um, to go to zoning meetings. Or run for office. Or run for office is mm-hmm. a good way to love our neighbor. Mm-hmm. And yet also, um, politics can't be everything. Uh, it, it can't be the only lens that we it use. It can't be, right? right? And the kingdom of it's God It's a very is, limited lens. It is. It is a very limited lens. Um, 
even though it touches kind of all of our mm-hmm. our lives. Mm-hmm. And for many people, it is the the way in which they're able to exercise power, especially mm-hmm. people who have been oppressed. Mm-hmm. So I want to I want to pay attention to all of that, and also mm-hmm. to say that that there is this kingdom that God is is um, building um, a kingdom in which the poor are blessed, the people on the margins mm-hmm. are brought into the center, or or the whole thing is kind of built around them so they're no longer at the at the center. Um, but I think that's a that what you're talking about, um, that political understanding and engagement, is um, best evaluated as uh, through the lens of scripture. Tell me more about that. Um, you know, there are all kinds of um, ways people talk about truth nowadays, mm-hmm. and then there and there's there's fake news and there's alternate news and who do you trust? And <laughs> you know, it's hard to know who to right. trust honestly. Yeah. Um, but I, I believe that as we um, look at what is happening politically in our world, and politically just means how we react with each other, how right. we live with each other, how right. we live with each other. Right. If we can evaluate that through the lens of the kingdom of God and what God is doing, then for me, I don't get so enmeshed and lost in it. Hmm. I can I can see my way through more clearly and know how to walk um, in it and through it if I am looking at what's happening in the world today and what uh, what news is through the lens of faith and love. Yeah. Yeah. If this if if what if what we are trying to do fits with what Jesus called us to do to love God and neighbor, then I should be supporting that. Right, right. The other, you know, another way, so one way we can kind of perform the scriptures is to is to live as if the good news of the kingdom of God is at, is at hand, yes. right? Like if, right. as people who right. have received that good news, uh-huh. live according to it by seeking, seeking this kingdom where it may be found, uh, proclaiming that to the world. Um, that's one way to perform scripture. Another mm-hmm. way, maybe even more concretely, is through prayer so you know Mm -hmm. you you your dissertation i believe was on um daily prayer in the life of christian community Mm -hmm. and i'd love to just hear about because praying praying the psalms is one way we use i mean the psalms as a kind of musical score as a script and we take and we pray these prayers Mm -hmm. until they become our prayers Mm -hmm. uh so i'm wondering you know what did you learn as you researched daily prayer and how did you use that in your in your ministry as well. Um, so I, I I was in this doctor ministry program, and I thought I was going to learn how to be a better preacher because I never felt adequate as a preacher. And That's so I took all the preaching normal. classes, and it was like, well, I took them all. I don't really think I'm any better, and I have to take another class. What am I going to do? And the only class that was being offered that I hadn't already taken was a class on, on daily prayer. And I thought, well, that'll be good because I'll probably get a really good prayer book out of it. And I always yeah. love a good prayer book, you know. Well, it turned out that's not what the class was about. It was about daily prayer in the life of the community. And in that class, I became um, deeply convicted that as a pastor in a congregation, I'd been very, very careful about the prayers in worship on Sunday morning. I would spend almost as much time putting those prayers together as I did the sermon. Um, but during the week, 
I was like, whatever, you know. It was really, I, I never thought about people praying at home when we were at church at meetings all week. I mean, I led prayer all the time, but I didn't really think about it. I just did it. Mm-hmm. And so I, um, I became more intentional through that class. And and um, we put to, I put together um, a prayer uh, format uh, which involved essentially reading scripture and praying together. There were other pieces all around it, but those were the two most important parts. Hmm. And I became deeply convicted that scripture had to be part of the prayer. Otherwise, otherwise we were simply, I was simply praying the same thing over and over and over again. And honestly, I was boring myself to death so that <laughs> I, I just wasn't engaging it. Yeah. It was just so repetitious Bored for me. Bored by your own prayers. Yes. Yeah. Imagine how God felt. Yeah. So <laughs> scripture, uh, it... Uh, it changed my praying. It uh, it deepened my uh, sense of awe over who God is and what God is doing and what God has done and, and is doing now. Hmm. It um, it called me into what God is doing, so that my I was praying that God would um, would use me to enact what I saw happening in Scripture. And it, it, it just it changed everything when we prayed, having heard Scripture. And what was really fun was we used a daily lectionary, which meant we, we used a, a format, like you've given the congregation for this summer. You know, you read this on one day and this the next. Well, you couldn't come in to a meeting and just pick up a verse that you thought would prove the point that you intended to make for your case right. in that meeting. Nope. You couldn't use scripture as a hammer against the group. You just read what was to be read that day, uh, which meant that maybe if you did this at home too, you were hearing the continuous story you were reading through the scripture. We read through the Bible in that way together. And then we prayed, and uh, it was clear that people were beginning to do this at home and pray as well, because over time, and not a long time, just a few months, I would be in groups that had just called on me or the associate pastor to pray, and but they never prayed out loud. And we began to be able to pray out loud with each other. Hmm. And even to even the children were able to pray with each other in the most profound ways. I, I really loved going in with children and inviting them to pray because we learned how to pray with each other. Yeah. It uh, I think it changed the ministry of that congregation. It changed the way we cared for one another, the way we prayed for each other, the way we helped each other to see what God was doing in the world because we would say, "Oh no, remember we read in scripture this and I see God doing that again right here." Yeah. In this circumstance. Yeah. I think it changed everything about the ministry of that congregation. Hmm. Through performing, well, it changed me. Yeah. Let's just say that the the text. No, I, but... I'll say it. It was important enough that when I left, they continued to do it. Yeah. So it became part of their life together that they would read scripture and pray together, and they continued to read scripture with the prayer. That those two were linked together. Yeah. So letting your prayer life be guided by 
the God's the, word, the text, and mm-hmm. hearing hearing what God might say through. Yeah. So God, specific God's texts. voice became a conversation partner for us in our praying. Yeah. As we prayed for ourselves and for each other, and for how God would guide us um, into Christ's ministry together, God's word was part of that conversation. It just—it wasn't just us talking to each other. Yeah, that's great. That's that's a really helpful, a helpful reminder that even as we're reading the scriptures this summer, one way for us to enter into these texts is not to just check off that we read the text for the week. <laughs> yes, but right. to I mean, as I said, um, how how was when I when how I was preached, that a conversation partner? Yeah, like to to uh, you know. One of our friends, Brian Wallace, who works with Fuller Seminary and he's been in relationship with, with Covenant, has been trying to help us cultivate this hopeful expectation that what he saw in his research of, of people with just um, incredible uh, mature faith that each of them uh, approached reading Scripture as if there was something for them, expecting, yeah, expecting that, not to be right. surprised by it, but, right. to, but to expect that God might have right. something for them. And so as we're Keep reading, reading this, it until yeah, you saw it. Yeah, yeah. And reading this this summer, it might not always happen. Right? Not every there's, day, probably. There's, I mean, yeah. I think this is, um, this is, this is true. Maybe pretty often, right? Like I didn't really get, that's okay. Just keep reading yeah. and expect that God might, yep. might have something to say to you. Um, I think that's a good reminder for us as we're reading the summer to use these texts to shape our own prayer life. What are we mm-hmm. praying for? Mm-hmm. You know, what should we be praying for? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are we bored by our own prayers, praying mm-hmm. the same thing over mm-hmm. and over again? Um, and maybe that's a uh, maybe that's a bad habit that we have is is not letting the texts um, invade our prayer life. Yes. Like they should, yeah. Um, or letting the same texts invade our the same life, ones, all yeah. of, you know, mm-hmm. again and mm-hmm. again. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the one of the things I I do really love about this process is that we're being introduced to texts that we don't typically privilege. You know, we're reading yes. right. we're reading the story in ways right. that maybe we haven't read in a while. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as a as a kind of as we wrap up the interview, I'd love to hear um, what what bad habits do we need to give up as we read the Bible. Um, what, what bad habits did you see as a pastor for many years, um, especially here, maybe in, even in Austin, Texas? What are some bad habits we just that you saw that we we should give up so that we might read the Bible in ways that will help us love God and love neighbor? How would okay, you respond? I'm, I'm thinking of two right now. Okay, maybe that's the amount of time we have left. That's two. great. Yeah. Okay, one is um, what we're doing this summer, and that is read the whole thing. Not just picking up um, particular verses, maybe favorite verses, comforting yeah. verses, um, verses we may already know by memory, and just reading those over and over again. Yeah. You're I saying mean, that's a bad habit. I think it is, actually. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I think reading the whole story is, um, is a wonderful way to even take what is our favorite verse and give it a larger context. Yeah. So the whole piece read the whole piece. And if if there are pieces that are particularly um, confusing or disturbing, then play it off against what you have reminded us yeah. of 
love God and love neighbor. Yeah. And what what I have thought about is if you're reading something out of the Old Testament or if you're or particularly if you're reading something out of the letters in the New Testament, remember that they were written to a particular group of people or individual at a particular time for a particular uh, circumstance, right. which may or may not um, fit exactly where we are right now. So just uh, put that in a context. Yeah. I just think the bigger picture is really important. Yeah. And um, like the Gospels, there are four Gospel writers, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Right. They all wrote the story about Jesus, but they're not exactly the same. They're not contradictory, but one writer might write this way because this was more important to him and another, another. So right. when we read the whole scripture, we let the scripture uh, inform inform each other even yeah. and, and ourselves. So I think it's a much bigger, fuller, and more exciting invitation into the kingdom of God when you have the whole story. Mm. And then the second one is, uh, the second danger is thinking that I can read it and I know exactly what it says and how to apply it in this particular circumstance. And I don't need you to tell me what you hear. Right. And I guess we're all prone to do that. Right. I, I, would, I would hold myself guilty on that. So the notion of reading with other people, and that's what Covenant Presbyterian Church offers us, is the opportunity to, to read together but then talk about it together because one person may hear something that would really bring a great insight to me, but I won't think of it by myself. Right. So I love that we read scripture together and that we engage in that conversation with folks who may read it a little bit differently so that we can hear more fully the invitation God is giving to us because it is um, a profound invitation into a life that is full and eternal. Hmm. Those are it's worth great. the read. Those are, those are worth good the reminders. Read. Yeah, yeah there's, those are good reminders, and 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 I think you know, uh, reminders that we uh, we've heard or I've heard at least before. I mean, and all that to say that 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 means I think the repetition is important. And I feel like it is. the people I ask to tell me what are bad habits we need to give up, if they keep telling me the same three things. <laughs> Uh, I should pay attention, yeah, maybe right? So. <laughs> that, and I, I do think, I, I do think that that, especially your second one, that we, we need other people as we read scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, we have our limits, and we need to, we need to listen. Um, to, and we to listen to people from long ago, long too, ago, because yep. they had insights that were, yep. uh, that were different than ours. Right, and that's the, that's the kind of rule of faith: reading it with, it with the church, um, mm-hmm. you know, from the past and in the present as well. So. Thanks for joining us today. This has been rich. What fun. Yeah. What fun. Thank you. I'll be reading with you this summer. That's all for this episode. Thanks for listening. If you're listening and you have questions along the way, especially about the Bible, you can email those to beginwhereyouare at covenant.org. And make sure to subscribe on iTunes if you haven't yet. Thanks for listening.